and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So today we're going to go over what I watched in the month of December. So you're hearing this now on January 1st, so hopefully you had a nice you know, New Year's Eve, you're having a nice New Year's, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, 2024, I'm sure, will be a ride, just like how all these other years have been. But... Overall, with what I've watched um, in this month, um, you know, it's been kind of all over the place. I took some time where I wasn't really watching a ton of movies because I was just tired. But, uh, you know, that's what that's what the, the holidays do to you and like the the season, if anything. But without further ado, we're going to move into what I watch. So I will say uh, first thing I watched in the month was a little movie from 2002, which is called Spun. Um so this is a movie that um, is on Peacock right now, but it's also on Tubi, and I would just recommend watching the Tubi version, because this movie is wild as hell. Um, but the Tubi version is actually unrated and uncensored, as opposed to the Peacock one, which is like a little edited. Uh, but pretty much what Spun is, um, it is, uh, over the course of three days, Ross, a uh, college dropout who's played by Jason Schwartzman, um, he's addicted to crystal meth, and he uh, encounters a variety of oddball folks, including a uh, stripper named Nikki and her boyfriend, uh, the local meth uh, producer, uh, the cook, uh, but all he really wants to do is hook up with his old girlfriend, Amy. Um, so yeah, this is a... a in my in my review of this, I said I think I like this movie more than Requiem for a Dream. Um, it's no train spotting, though, but I think I'd watch it again. Uh, this movie is so fucking weird. Uh, it's very frenetic. It's directed by um, Jonas Ackerland uh, or Jonas Ackerland. Uh, he is a music video director, uh, and he did like Lords of Chaos and a couple different things. But he, um, like I said, is mostly a video director, music video director. Uh, it shows in this movie. But yeah, it's uh, Jason Schwartzman, Brittany Murphy, uh, Mickey Rourke is Brittany Murphy's like uh, boyfriend or whatever. Um, John Leguizamo, Mina Savari, um, everybody's, uh, so many people are in this movie. Patrick Fugit, uh, Eric Roberts is in here. Uh, it's fucking crazy. Oh, also, um, fun little thing. I feel like I'm catching up on a lot of uh, Charlotte Ayana's like, uh, filmography for those who don't know that's Liz Purr from Jawbreaker uh, but I've watched like this movie now because she's Amy uh, the ex-girlfriend of um, Ross but she was in like Trojan War which I watched before with uh, Will Friedle. she's obviously in Jawbreaker uh, so I- I'm-, I'm like slowly working through her filmography I think like literally kind of just like just watch things that she was in because she's also in like the Rage Carry 2 and like couple of different little things so i just thought it was funny i didn't realize that until you know halfway through but yeah this movie's fucking crazy dude it's like i don't know i i kind of liked it honestly like like i said i i uh, think my favorite one of these movies is train spotting um i got my eye on that criterion blu-ray but i think i'm gonna wait for it a little bit but Spun is is an interesting time. It's uh, it definitely gives you those vibes of those movies, but um, I didn't mind it. It was it was fine. Um, so yeah, that's how I started my month off. Um, the next film I watched uh, for that was uh, Christmas Evil from 1980. So this movie uh, it's on Shutter. Um, I think you can find it other ways too. But uh, so pretty much a toy factory worker who's mentally scarred by as a child upon learning that Santa isn't real um, suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a Yuletide killing spree. So this is uh, like I said, 1980 film. It's really um, more of a kind of character study of this of this gentleman played by uh, Brandon Maggart, uh, who, if those who don't know, that's actually Fiona Apple's dad. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting film. Uh, it's, like I said, more of a character study of this guy as opposed to, like, this, you know, slash him, hack him film, you know? But I thought it was interesting, for sure. And so I, I was like, all right, cool. Um, again, I didn't, like, hate it or anything. I, I didn't think it was super terrible. But I, um, you know, I was kind of in the middle for it. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely a holiday horror. And it's something a little different. You know, you're not going to get, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night with it. But, you know, I definitely think it's it's a, it's a an interesting movie that I think if you're into it, just check out for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's what I did. Continuing with the... Uh, 
<laughs> Continuing with the holiday horror, I decided to finally watch Krampus from 2015, which was on Peacock when I watched it. Um, it's also in 4K on there, so it's nice. Um, yeah, and so... Uh, this movie, if you don't know, it was directed by Mike Doherty, same guy who did um, Trick or Treat, and he also did um, Godzilla movie of some sort, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, so this is a horror comedy, which is based on the ancient legend about a pagan creature who punishes children on Christmas. Um, it has Tony Collette in it, Conchetta Farrell, um, also Adam Scott, a um, couple different people. So it's a fun one. Um, Tony Collette in this movie warrants at least three, three, uh, you know, star rating. I think, um, yeah, th- this movie has kind of its its supporters and maybe its haters or whatever. Uh, but overall, I did like it. I gave it a three. Um, it's not a bad movie by any means. Um, you know, I I wasn't overwhelmed or underwhelmed by it. But could you just ever be whelmed? Um, you know. But I, I think it was a fun thing for what it is, you know. Um, it does feel like a little bit of a spiritual sequel to something like Trick or Treat. But yeah, I, I thought it was fine for what it was, and of course, just having Tony Collette there is is awesome. Um, so I have to I have to stand, obviously. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, then the next day, I watched uh, a movie from 1985. I think it was on Prime or something like that. Uh, it's Better Off Dead with John Cusack. Um, this movie is about... Uh, so, it. I'll, I'll explain it. So, high school student Lane Meyer, played by Mr. Cusack, um, sinks into a suicidal depression when his girlfriend dumps him for a uh, jock, Roy Stalin, um, the high school uh, ski racing champion. Meanwhile, he has to to deal with his eccentric family, a tenacious paperboy, and an obnoxious neighbor um, whose mother is hosting a beautiful French exchange student named Monique. So yeah, this was uh, this is an interesting watch. I ended up really liking it. I gave it a four. So this movie is all over the place and crazy. It is like kind of a living comic book in a way. Like it, it's like a living cartoon in a way. Um, Cause the movie's so fucking weird, but that's what I kind of liked about it though. It's John Cusack. Um, Blah, Dan Schneider. Blah. Um, but he does play the um, Ricky. He plays the the neighbor guy, Diane Franklin from um, Bill and Ted, uh, the only first Bill and Ted, uh, playing one of the princesses. She's also in the Last American Virgin. Uh, all sorts of things she's been in, but she plays Monique uh, with her little French accent. She she puts on. Um, yeah, I mean, all sorts of uh, Curtis Armstrong, who's like a character actor, Amanda Wiss from um, this is right after Nightmare on Elm Street uh, had released. So, yeah, it, it's kind of all over, like I said, but um, I said that I have to respect it, though. It's unlike a few movies I've seen uh, and it feels a bit different from the regular teen fair that was coming out at the time. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, also, the song that E.G. Daly sings at this dance is a certified bop. Um E.G. Daly is also in this movie, uh, the voice of Tommy Pickles. Um, she plays, she's a singer, and she plays herself, but she's singing at the um, the dance that they're at, and it's, I think it's called One Way Love. It's such a bop, dude. Uh, she actually re-released um, some songs she's done, and you can find them on Apple Music, uh, but I, I thought it was great. I love that little... Um, that little mu- um, the little uh, music uh, song. That's what they're called, songs. Um, uh, also, how could I not stand a movie that has a sentient hamburger grish shedding on a guitar, you know? If you know, you know, but you should fucking check it out. Go ahead. Um, yeah, Better Off Dead, I feel like I probably would own it. And what's interesting to me is that I thought for whatever reason, I thought I was like, when it, anything I knew about this movie before, I was like, oh, well, like, wait, he's like... He got broke up with, so now he like wants to kill himself. And like, how do you make that funny? Like, is it supposed to be? But it's interesting because like this movie, uh, not like Heather's obviously, because Heather's is very much like a very dark satire kind of a thing. Um, and I love Heather's obviously, but there's that. But Better Off Dead is a lot more wacky. But it's not actually like the 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 whole suicide and aliving yourself thing isn't really a part of the movie. And it's not. I don't. I mean, one could argue if it's played for laughs, but I don't even really think it's that central of the part of the story where I feel like it's like super distasteful. You could uh, disagree with me if you want, but 
I think it's a lot more about just like how is Lane supposed to go on or whatever, but a lot more of it is just um, it, it doesn't focus on that um, to where it's being distasteful personally, what I think. But anyway, uh, but yeah, Better Off Dead. I thought it was way better than it ever needed to be. And it's the same guy who um, is Savage Steve Holland. He's the guy who uh, actually created the whammy from Press Your Luck, but also he's like done some stuff with Butch Hartman Ugh. but he's done some stuff with him um you know and and yeah he's, he seems like an interesting dude if anything uh then the next movie i watched which was in preparation for the podcast i did on it was santa jaws from 2018 this is a sci-fi original movie that was directed by misty tally um part of her kind of shark uh you know oeuvre if she will uh Santa Jaws. It's about fucking Santa Jaws. Uh, this guy, Cody, uh, he makes a wish to bring Santa Jaws to life, I guess, or whatever. Go listen to my episode on it. But yeah, um, Santa Jaws. Uh, fucking wonderful movie. Um, I gave it a three and a half and a star. Again, if you want to go listen to the episode I did on it, um, I would I would watch it. You know, it's a, a bad movie. It's like a bad shark movie. But fucking, why the hell not? It's, it's a fun time. And uh, is it the worst shark movie out there? I've watched a couple of those Sharknado movies and hmm, God, God, dear almighty. But this one, it was at least like, um, not as painful. Let's just say. So yeah, Santa Jaws. That's what I did. And of course, tis the season, right? Uh, then I watched a little, uh, documentary. Okay. Um, this is on max. It's a very much in the know, uh, but it's called love has won the cult of mother God. Uh, so this is a movie, uh, well, it's a documentary series, three episodes with an hour each. So you can get it done real quickly. I did it all in a morning on a weekend. Um, so this chronicles the life and the death of Amy Carlson, also known as Mother God, um, a self-proclaimed spiritual savior that uh, built a cult uh, through her online manifestos and live streaming sessions. As her health declined, her followers believed her death would soon lead to her evacuation by UFO and salvation for humanity. Told through the eyes of Amy's devotees uh, and constructed uh, from the cult's archival footage, uh, the three-part docuseries captures the perils of internet proselytizing uh proselytizing uh and a conspiracy driven faith um so all i could say i didn't rate this or anything um but all i could say is just uh drugs are bad okay and then also i just said like yo this story is fucking sad because this uh i I would recommend it if you have max like if you want to watch it or if you wanted to i guess you could watch any youtube video about it really but at the end of the day like it, it's just a really crazy ass story. It is interesting to see a woman be at like the center of this like cult, uh, which doesn't always happen, which I thought was kind of interesting, but it was just, it, it's just sad. And it just goes to show that like, I don't know, dude, like when you're in the throes of whatever, um, you know, ugh, God shit. Because the thing is, is that a lot of these people that you see that were her followers and all that, I mean, just a lot of them were just vulnerable slash, I think they were just like on drugs, you know, that's what it is. And I, and I don't mean to kind of blanket it, but it's, it's true though. Like, you know, like all of them were either maybe smoking a little too much weed or like, uh, taking a little bit too many mushrooms or whatever. I don't know. But like, it, it almost feels like a farce. It feels like something where you're like, is this even fucking real? But the fact that like, no, this is real. Um, and just her story in general, I think, is just kind of sad. And then how she died. And then that's the whole thing with, like, how they found her mummified corpse at this place. Like, a whole thing. Go and watch it. You've heard all about it a little bit, probably. But uh, I-, I thought it was really interesting. And it's fucking wild. Um, and I think the way that they do this documentary is actually pretty decent. Um again, documentaries can be manipulative and, like, whatever. And it's all about, you know, whatever the fuck. But... I will say that uh, I, I did enjoy myself with it. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was cool. 
Anyway, the next uh, thing I watched uh, after that was a little movie from 2013 called GBF. Uh, so this movie, I said, is like still super fun. I love how it's just very unabashedly queer. So this movie is uh, directed by Darren Stein, uh, director of Jawbreaker. And uh, pretty much it's about this guy, Tanner, um, and his friend, um, Brent. So Tanner is like closeted and like uh, they end up so what ends up happening is he gets outed pretty much and then these three popular girls uh, at this uh high school uh they take him in as the the gay best friend which is kind of this like uh new trend if you will and whatever uh but yeah so and then it just follows like what tanner goes through and like you know how he splinters off from his friends and he like goes with the popular girls and then all this shit all this stuff goes you know um with that so I really do like this movie. It's on um it's on Tubi every so often. It's also on Peacock, I think. A couple things like that. You might be hearing me uh cover it in a little bit. So, you know, uh because it is celebrating. Actually, it's celebrating 10 years uh well last year, I guess when you're hearing this, but like uh it's celebrating. It already celebrated its 10 year anniversary. Um, so it's kind of in its 11th year now. Cause I think it was widely released in 2014, um, like on VOD and stuff. And then it premiered in 2013. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is a, uh, it's a fun movie. And I, I, uh, really think that it's nice that Darren Stein got to be able to, to make a movie that's so unabashedly queer. Um, and you know, was written by a queer man as well. So like, it, it's just cool to have him have that because especially Jawbreaker is a movie that, um, even though queer people love it a lot of the time, um, it's not an explicitly, uh, there's no explicit queer characters in that story. Um, and so even though there is a queer sensibility to it in a way, uh, <clears throat> And all that kind of stuff, but the thing is, is like uh, this movie, he gets to kind of deal with that a little, deal with it a little better. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't mind it. Uh, people don't always like this movie. I, I've seen here and there, but overall, I think it's actually a pretty fine film. And you know, if anything, like I put Jawbreaker at the top, obviously, but then I also put GBF up there too because I'm like, this movie's actually pretty decent. So, you know, there you go. Uh, then the next movie, then I took a couple days, um, and I just, you know, wasn't watching anything because I didn't feel like it. But uh, I decided to watch a little movie uh, from uh, 1974, because uh, again, tis the season, everybody. Uh, I decided to pull out my copy of Female Trouble and watch that. Uh, so Female Trouble is uh, John Waters, uh, one of his early films. Um, so this is about Dawn Davenport, played by Divine, um, showing her progression from bratty schoolgirl to crazed mass murderer, all of which stems from her parents' refusal to buy her cha-cha heels for Christmas because good girls don't wear cha-cha heels um but anyway so you know I uh, I watched this with the director commentary on it because I've watched it before but um yeah it was fun to hear him you know John Waters like talk about this movie and everything I, I did enjoy that um I gave this a five stars and a little heart I really like this movie a lot um I do also tend to like Pink Flamingos as well, but like I think Female Trouble is probably my second favorite. I will always have a soft spot in my heart for the 1988 version of Hairspray. Uh, but in terms of John Waters movies, like this is probably my second favorite. Um, just everything about it, like fucking everything from Divine um, and then like Edith Massey and just like, oh my God, everything in this is just like, it's just perfection uh some of my favorite lines in this movie uh must i uh, has to be uh bumping pussies is a violation of jail rules i love that one um i also love i'm glad i got an abortion you know fair fair uh, and also i love in the beginning when it's conchetta i think it's or whatever and she's threatening the girl um <laughs> she's threatening the girl in the classroom and she just says I got a knife here in my pocketbook. I'm going to cut you up after class. Uh, oh, I just love it. I love uh, John Waters. So he's on his um, his commentary. And I love how he explains pocketbook. Uh, because that is something I will say as somebody who's uh, from Maryland, from Baltimore in particular, uh, grew up in Baltimore. I've been here forever. Um, 
but pocketbook is something where I've definitely heard that growing up. Like definitely like, um, like my mom would say it every so often. When I was a younger, my grandmother uh, used to say it sometimes too, you know, I got my pocketbook, you know, all that, not like that, but you know, I've just thrown it on there. But, uh, yes, pocketbook. Like, it's so funny anyway. Uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit about that, but yeah, female trouble is fucking awesome. Um, I would recommend either if you want to, I would rent it on fucking YouTube or whatever, if you want to, um, I, I like the criterion of it. So if you want to get that, that's cool. Um, and then also, uh, if it ever comes on criterion channel, um, it was on there before, I think I don't actually know that it might've been, um, but yeah, girl, it's such a fucking good movie. Anyway, so then the next movie I watched uh, was kind of a twofer, if you will. So I watched um, two movies back to back. Um, so one is uh, Last Holiday from 1950, because then I watched the movie from 2006, Last Holiday with Queen Latifah, which is a remake of it. But I'm going to get to uh, the 1951 first. So this is uh, Last Holiday. It has Alex Guinness in it. Um, If you don't know who Alex Guinness is, you might know him because he is actually Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Star Wars movies. Um, So this movie, uh, I didn't know who he was, um, but then I stumbled upon this movie. Um, He's a really talented actor. I thought he did a great job in the lead role of this. Um, This movie is perfectly fine. Uh, This twist ending, though, is kind of a sleigh. Um, So what this movie is about, um, it's a British film about George Bird, played by Mr. Guinness, and he's a salesman of agricultural machinery. He finds out he hasn't got long to live, um, and on his doctor's advice, he goes to an exclusive seaside resort to spend his savings on one last holiday. Um, and then it's kind of like this comedy of, like, you know... Um, the hotel that he's at and like all these rich people and shit, like all that kind of stuff. And then you have this like ending and and everything like that. Right. So that is last holiday. Um, and then it was remade in 2006, uh, with Queen Latifah. Um, so I gave both of these movies the three. I gave the remake a little heart because I think this is uh, this movie with Queen Latifah, the remake of it. I thought it was such a heartwarming story, and it really shows that Queen Latifah is a great actress. I thought she's really good, um, and you make she makes you care for her character, and also makes you want to like follow her journey. Um, in a way, I just really liked that, and I thought that I mean, of course, like set it off as a fucking great movie, but like you know. I I just like this movie for what it is. Um, I don't think I would say like, you know, oh my God, it's like four and a half stars or whatever, but like, I do tend to enjoy it. I think it is a perfectly serviceable film for what it is. Um, and if anything, like I, you know, uh, I will be covering it. You might be hearing it in a couple days, but, uh, you know, I just think it is uh, a fun movie. It also has, you know, like, um, Timothy Hutton's in there. Uh, Alicia Witt is in there. LL Cool J's in this movie. So, like, I did think it was really fun. It was on Paramount Plus, so I decided to, to watch it and take a look at it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I watched a little bit of Last Holiday. It's also, um, it is celebrating, uh, what is it? I mean, it was, how long is 2006? Wait a minute. No, 2018, 2021, 2023. So it's about, eh, about 20... God, it's 26 years old. Or no, sorry, it's 16. Wow, I'm not that old. Jesus Christ. No, it's about 16 years old. I think it's about 16. Or no, 18. Oh, shit. Wow, I can't do math. Um, Yeah, celebrating about 18 years since its release. Oof, girl. I'm old as fuck. Anyway, sorry. But, uh, you know, whatever. I just had my whole life, like, flash before my eyes. It's okay. It's fine. Um... Yeah, so that's what I watched. Uh, then the next uh, like two days after that, uh, I decided to watch a little movie on Netflix. I uh, don't know if it's going to be on there anymore, but uh, I watched uh, 16 Candles from 1984. Um, so this is a John Hughes movie. It's not his, it's not his uh, you know, it's not his uh, debut, but it's one of his early films um pretty much a teenage girl deals with her parents forgetting her birthday and a crush on her high school heartthrob um and you know uh, so i definitely saw this when i was younger and uh i will say so i saw this movie as a younger kid because my sister went through a phase of being obsessed with 80s teen movies as one does um i think i was probably um 
indifferent on a first watch of this really um like i didn't like super love it but i didn't super hate it right um so there was that but now as an older adult this movie just doesn't really work for me i really like molly ringwald in this movie i thought she did a great job um but the story is kind of meh uh, you know there's some problematic elements that don't really age well in a rewatch um I never thought I would say this, and for anybody who's listened who knows my diatribe against, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, although I have come around on him, you know, um, where I, I will watch his movie, I even say I'd probably watch The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off before I'd rewatch 16 Candles. I just didn't care, even though Queen Joan Cusack is in it, um, you know, Anthony Michael Hall is like, you know, uh, it's an early role for him, which is crazy, but like, you know, I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't care that much for it. Like I said, the story's mad to me, uh, so... There you go. But then also, you know, these people have been able to, obviously, Joan Cusack got to do something cool. John Cusack is, was also in that movie as well. Um, Gete Watanabe, who obviously has had, like, this kind of uh, thing of Long Duck Dong, like, you know, kind of following him through his career. But he also has been able to kind of do other things. Like, um, I haven't finished the movie, but he's in Vamp uh, with Robert Russler and uh, Grace Jones. So uh, he gets to be something a little different in there. So I thought that was kind of cool. But, but yeah, no, didn't really, didn't love, um, can't say I loved uh, 16 Candles, but that's just my opinion. Uh, then, uh, on the same day, um, cause this is right before the holiday, uh, because it's now on Amazon prime, I decided to watch a little movie called, uh, Saltburn from 2023. <laughs> uh, so this movie is very beautiful to look at. I will say that. I did appreciate the gay undertones or overtones, whatever you want to say of this film. I don't think I was blown away by the photo by the film though. Um, I have never seen promising young woman. So, you know, I don't have it to compare to, uh, this movie's fine for what it is, I guess. Like, you know, but salt bird, if you don't know, um, it's with Barry Keoghan and, uh, Jacob and Lordy. Uh, so fuggling, fuggling, uh, struggling to find his place at Oxford university. Oliver quick played by Gary Barry Keoghan, um, finds himself drawn into the world of the charming and aristocratic Felix cotton, um, played by uh, Jacob Lordy, um, who invites him to salt burn his eccentric, family's um sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten um so yeah i also loved carrie mulligan in this movie uh playing pamela i really liked her <laughs> she's great but uh you know it was a weird ass movie uh, i'm not gonna lie um you know but overall i think like it was fine like it was perfectly all right um I love me some Barry Keoghan, I must say. Um, not even just for the final scene of this movie, okay? All right, get your head out of the gutters, everybody. But, um, you know, I liked him in... I liked him in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Some people do not like that movie. I actually didn't mind it. Um, so, hey, Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, I have not seen Poor Things or anything, but who knows? Uh, I do have an interest to maybe kind of watch The Favorite, because like, I do want to kind of watch Olivia Coleman you know, winner Oscar, but whatever. Um, but, uh, back to not Yorgos Lanthimos, but back to Barry Keoghan. Uh, I liked him in that movie. So like for this, like I actually didn't mind him. I want to see more of him. I didn't see like the Banshee of Isherin or whatever. Um, cause girl, I'm not gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna watch all that, but I, I want to see more Barry Keoghan for sure. Um, I didn't mind him. And of course, like, uh, fucking what's her name? Um, in this movie, uh, Rosamund Pike, that's her. Oh, and Richard E. Grant. Uh, as you know, the only person I, the only thing I know him from is literally fucking the, the tour manager from Spice World. Although I know he was in Bram Stoker's Dracula, okay, but whatever. He is, uh, he is, um, what is his name in that movie? Oh my God, Spice World. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Wait a minute. I'm totally going to look this up now because it's not even in his top films that is sad so sad oh my god it's horrible uh clifford that's his name <laughs> anyway but yeah salt burn woo um anyway so then then i just got on a um i got on a bit of a bender uh with uh some movies because i might have already mentioned this before but you'll be hearing um 
an episode come out soon um, where we're I'm going to be um, covering some sorority horror coming up. Um, so you will see that I watched a bunch of movies that, uh, you know, had to do with sororities and horror. So I watched Black Christmas from 20. Uh, wow. No, I did not. I watched Black Christmas from 1974 because, again, tis the season. Um, I just put in my little letterbox review. I just said, Hello. Because I love that I love when Olivia Hussey just like answers the phone in that movie, like to be perfectly honest. And like Margot Kidder and fucking Andrea Martin and all this. I mean, if you don't already know, this is about a sorority house, it's terrorized by a stranger who makes frightening phone calls and then murders the girls um during the Christmas break. This is a Bob Clark movie. It's kind of touted as one of the first slasher movies, all this kind of stuff. Um I like this movie enough. Like I gave it a three and a half. Now I think I gave it a five when I first watched it. And then I was like, okay, calm down girl. All right. But I do like uh, black Christmas 20. I, I'm, I do not like, what am I talking about? I do not like Black Christmas 2019, uh, but I like black Christmas 2000. And I actually do kind of like black Christmas 2006. Although the movie's terrible, but what I was going to say is I like the Black Christmas 1974. I think it is a very interesting movie. It is very atmospheric. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. I think it's not too, too terrible, but I definitely kind of, you know, uh, have my own, um, I have kind of realized, not realized, but I've kind of set my own kind of expectations of like, I thought of like, Oh, it was like a five movie, right? Oh my God. And then I'm just like, girl, maybe it's, maybe it's like, it's still good, but it's like, not like fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Anyway. So yeah. Um, don't worry. You'll be hearing all about uh, my fucking black Christmas times, uh, because I will probably be covering those in my, my sorority horror episode because they all have to do with sororities. Anyway. So then, um, after I did that, I watched a little movie uh, from 2012 called Sorority Party Massacre. So this is, jeez. Uh, so this movie, uh, it just hurt to watch at some point. Uh, the movie is very aware of what it is, um, and that's cool, I guess. But I just didn't find it funny at all, um, and it's not all that scary. Um, this movie is about, so it is, um, this detective, um, he aids a small town sheriff in a routine missing persons investigation only to discover that, um, at least one girl has gone missing in a little fishing town each year for the last 20 years. Um, and so then he comes across these like sorority girls, um, who are at this like rush thing or whatever. And then what ends up happening is that they all get, you know, taken out one by one. Um, yeah, this is on like fucking, where the hell is it even at? It's like, um, I think it's on prime, honestly. And, um, yeah, I think it's on prime. And then I think it might've been on Tubi, maybe I don't remember exactly, but girl, this movie was just like, <sighs> sorry, but it just was not good. The, the one guy in it, like the one like person who I was like, Oh, okay. Um, was actually fucking um what's his name ed ross he is like the main um he's the the sheriff of the sleepy town or whatever he is nikolai from six feet under which i love six feet under a lot um so i was like oh cool he's in this but he deserved better he really deserved better and richard mall deserves better too rest in peace richard mall he we lost him this last year um he is one of the um Morgan Morgan whatever his name is he's from but I'm a cheerleader and also a few other movies but yeah he passed away in 2023 but uh he's in this movie for like five minutes which is uh, fine um yeah no this it, I didn't care for this movie a ton that's just me personally but you know whatever uh I watched it for my art okay Anyway, so then, uh, this is how I brought in my Christmas, everybody. Uh, then I watched a little movie from 1982, I think on Christmas Eve, actually. Uh, it was called One Dark Night from, two th- uh, not from 2000s, from 1982. This is a, this is the feature directorial debut of Mr. Tom McLaughlin. And if you don't know who Tom McLaughlin is, he is the guy who directed, uh, I almost said Jason, but uh, Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. He also did uh, some lifetime movies like she's too young and also odd girl out. Um, But this is his first movie he ever did. Uh, 
so this has so what this movie is about it's about um this man named carl um Rav, Ramrevich or something. Um, he dies shortly after discovering a new uh, a way to become even more powerful in death through telekinesis. On the night of his burial in a crypt, Julie is um, to spend the night there as part of an initiation rite, supervised by two other girls. Um, and the crypt becomes a scene of horror as Raymar returns to life and deploys his horrifying telekinetic powers. Um, so this movie is uh, kind of a banger. I gave it a three and a half and a little heart. Um, bitch, I'd probably own this movie, actually. It was kind of fun. It's early 80s. This is a early role for both Meg Tilly, Jennifer Tilly's sister, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, and then E.G. Daly, like I said, so she was in Better Off Dead, but she's also in this movie. This is right before she was in Valley Girl as well, so, yeah, sign me up for that. Although, and also, young Adam West could get it. I thought he was very attractive in this movie. He's in this film. Um... I will say, and a couple people on Letterboxd have said this, I could use this movie getting a remake. Um, because it'd be interesting to see what they could do with it now. Um, it was crazy, too. You'll hear about this on the episode, probably, because I'm going to talk about it. But, like, um, this movie, I just think, like, it's interesting because it's a PG movie, you know? So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and I will also mention it more, but Meg Tilly has a YouTube channel. And bitch, you gotta get on the Meg Tilly YouTube channel, honey. It's so relaxing, and she, like, drinks tea and stuff. Bitch, I am obsessed. Uh, anyway, so I'll, I'll talk more about that, probably. But, um, yeah, I really liked it, personally. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I really liked One Dark Night, and uh, I think it's on... You can find it on the YouTubes for free, so you can do that, too. I think it's on Tubi, though, so you can watch that if you want, but... Yeah. Then, um, in a part of that, I, I watched, like, three movies on Christmas Eve. Like, I, I did a lot. But, um... Then I watched uh, Sorority House Massacre 2 from 1990, because uh, if you remember, I watched uh, Sorority House Massacre either last month or the month before or whatever. I don't remember. Um, but this is the uh, sequel to that. Uh, it's by Jim Wynarski. Uh If you don't know him, he uh, is mostly known for doing Chopping Mall, but he also did a lot of like schlocky ass movies. Um so this is about five college women who buy the whole Hochstetter place for their new sorority house. Um, they get it cheap because of the bloody incidents that happened five years before. They decide to stay in it for the night so that they can meet the movers in the morning, but um, get the creeps from Orville Ketchum, um, who starts poking around and all of this. So uh, this movie, I will say, um, I gave it a one and a half star. And listen, we'll, we'll probably be talking about We'll probably talk about all three of the the Sorority House Massacre movies because oh don't worry, uh, I'm probably not going to watch it maybe in this year. But like Hard to Die, which is Sorority House Massacre three, that movie I'm going to watch it. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. Um, I think I would watch Sorority House Massacre again over this movie. I, this movie was just fucking. It was not good. Um, but you know, whatever. It's fine. And no, it's not fine, actually, but, you know, whatever. They made a movie, I guess. Good for them. But I did not, I did not love, um, Sorority House Massacre 2, personally. Uh, and you'll, you'll hear more about why, probably. <laughs> um, then I decided to watch, uh, just to bring the holiday in, because I was just watching a bunch of sorority horror at this point. Um, I decided to watch Nightmare Sisters from 1988. Uh, this is a Dave Dakota movie. Uh, so he's the guy who did Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolarama. And he's also just done like a bunch of Lifetime movies with Vivica Fox and like all sorts of shit, right? So this is early in his um, time frame. This is my even predate um, Sorority Babes, but. This is Linnea Quigley, Michelle Bauer, and Brink Stevens in this film. Uh, Melody, Marcy, and Mickey are three geeky college girls who can't get a date. And one night they invite some geeky college boys over and have a seance that result in the girls being coming possessed and turning into sex-starved vamps. Will the geek hero guys be able to stop the horrible possession? Um... I kind of liked this movie. Uh, I said it's super fun. You know, these women can really do no wrong, truly. Um, I think it's a way better film than Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama. Um, I didn't love that movie, but, like, this movie, like, definitely rips more. It's definitely a little bit racially insensitive in the beginning, uh, but it was the late 80s, bro. So, you know what? I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't that, that way. Um, 
yeah, you know, a little weird. But overall, I did like that film. Um, yeah, I thought Nightmare Sisters was pretty fucking pretty, pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, so that's what I watched with that. Um, and then I still watched. A, uh, I'm still gonna be watching more sorority horror. Don't get don't get me wrong. I'm gonna be recording that episode in, in probably a few days. But uh, but yeah. But to bring in also more Christmas, um, because for Christmas I did get a Blu-ray player um, specifically uh, to play like Ultra 4Ks and stuff like that too, like Ultra HD stuff. Um, So because I do now, I also got it before the holiday. I bought it for myself uh, during the Vinegar Syndrome sale, but I decided to uh, break out my copy of Freeway that I recently just got, and uh, I watched Freeway from 1996. Uh, this is a rewatch for me. Um, so this is the, my uh, 4K Ultra HD copy of it. Um, if you don't know about Freeway, so Freeway is about Little Red Riding Hood. Um, it's Vanessa Lutz played by... Um, Reese Witherspoon. She comes across Bob Wolverton, played by Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, some shit goes down, and then you know it's just like a fucked up version of like Little Red Riding Hood, pretty much. Um, I thought this uh, 4K looked really good. I thought it looked awesome, and then also some of the, um, the behind the scenes stuff, like some of the things that they had on there, like in terms of special features and stuff, was really good too. I thought that was pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I liked it, and uh, it was it was fun. I did do an episode on this earlier this year, earlier uh, in July, I think, of 2023. So you could definitely go check that out if you want. But um, yeah, I, I love this movie. I gave it like a four star. I'm glad I own it now because um, I can watch whatever the hell I want. So it's pretty 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 decent. Um, I also found out, funny enough, that I didn't realize this, but uh, one of the if you've seen the movie, there's these two. Um, twins that are in the movie um, who play prisoners uh, in this jail that Vanessa goes to. And one of them is actually played by a um, woman by the name of Leanna Creel because um, she's uh, triplets. So her and her sister are in this movie, but they also have another sister who's also like a twin of theirs, pretty much. They're all triplets. Um, anyway, but Leanna Creel, if you don't know, she is actually one of the producers of But I'm a Cheerleader because she and Jimmy Babbitt are lesbian friends, I guess. Uh, and I thought that was really cool because she is an out lesbian. Um, but I thought that was kind of fun and interesting. And they're actually her and her sister, uh, Leanna and Monica Creel, which I think she has a different name now, but they're actually on the Blu ray, which is interesting. Um, yeah, so why the hell not? Uh, not like you were going to get, like, a... Uh, I'll get to it in a minute. But uh, not that you were going to get, like, Reese Witherspoon on, like, the Vinegar Syndrome shit. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, speaking of Reese Witherspoon, though, because the next day I decided to pull out my my uh, copy uh, of the Criterion uh, collection that I have, um, I decided to watch Election from 1999. Uh which is Alexander Payne's second movie ever. Um, I said that Chris Klein really just deserves a award nomination for this uh, campaign speech he does. Uh, This is Alexander Payne's second movie after Citizen Ruth. Um, Pretty much it's about a high school teacher's personal life becomes complicated as he works with students during the school elections. This is an early role for um, Reese Witherspoon, also Chris Klein as well, Nicholas Augusto. Uh, it's Matthew Broderick plays um, Mr. McAllister. Um, yeah, it's just all sorts of shit. And I give this a five. I really like this movie. Uh, not everyone does, but, you know, I really like this film and I'm glad I own it on Criterion. That's where Reese Witherspoon is on that one as well. And she talks about Tracy Flick and all this stuff. I will be doing an episode on this in the new year or in this year because it is 25 years old now. Again, I feel like I'm, you know, turning into dust when I say that, but you know, um, I, I do want to do an episode on that. So be on the lookout for that. But, uh, but yeah, I really like this movie. I think it looks great on 4k. So I was down for it. And then I uh, have just a few more. So then I had um, on the 26th of uh, December, uh, I decided to watch in addition to election. I decided to near the end of my night, I think I decided to watch um, a little film uh, called go from 1999 as well. So this movie is a Doug Lineman movie. Uh, this is about, um, so it's a, uh, 
a group of people, but it's about um, Simon, who occasionally sells drugs um, from his work, um, his register at work. Um, There's a bunch of shit. So it, it pretty much focuses on Simon, played by this British guy. These two guys, Adam and Zach, who are like these, um, what are they? They're like... Uh, they're like soap opera actors and then also Rana um, who also works at the grocery store but pretty much it's just the hijinks that they get into right around Christmas time in Los Angeles um, and it's all over the fucking place dude uh, but I really I liked it I gave it like a three and a half or so and I think I gave it a, I gave it a heart as well um, it's a really interesting film. Like, um, it gets compared to Pulp Fiction quite a bit, and I see what the vision is. This also gives me. Uh, it, funny enough, I didn't put it in my. I didn't put it in a review or anything, but like, um, this definitely gives me like a little bit of like, um, like a Gregor Rocky movie, like a little bit, kind of sort of. Which is funny because James Duvall is in this movie, who he's been in a bunch of Gregor Rocky movies, but, but I, I did like go. I would probably maybe own this movie like i thought it was pretty cool sarah polly who has um since either been nominated or she may have won an oscar now um she's canadian actress she's the lead of this movie um but like katie holmes is in this movie um all sorts of people so i i thought it was pretty pretty decent and it was on pluto tv so i decided to watch it um then a couple days went by i wasn't really watching anything because i was just i was tired um but then uh, I just finished up on my day of recording this. Um, I decided to watch uh, a movie from 1989 called Rush Week. Um, this is a movie about Tony, who is a transfer student to this college uh, in journalism. She uh, finds out that several co-eds are starting to disappear under uh, suspicious circumstances she decides to investigate this for herself and you know she gets embroiled in a bunch of shit and you know she gets exposed to the fraternities and all that like it's very interesting it's a uh, um for 1989 this movie feels like it could have been made in not 1989 as well um i actually heard of it from haunted hippie um on youtube um and she she liked this movie. She got it from a subscriber, I think. And uh, it is on currently on um, YouTube. Uh, I don't really know where else you can find it, to be honest. But you can find it on YouTube pretty easily. And it's actually a pretty pre- decent transfer. Like, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think this movie is actually pretty decent. Like, um, it's definitely a movie where, you know, there's a little bit of self-awareness in it, kind of, sort of. But, like... I think overall it, it is an interesting story and I don't know, like the Dickies are there from, you know, killer clowns from outer space. Like who doesn't love that? But, uh, but yeah, I, um, I did like it and I will be talking about that more with uh, probably, probably sorority horror because even though it's fraternity stuff, I still kind of, I still kind of, uh, I still kind of put it in there to be honest, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> and then the last movie that I watched of the month, um, was this film from actually this year, which is currently on Netflix. Um, but I watched No Hard Feelings from 2023, um, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Um, so this movie, if you don't know, um, Maddie, played by Jennifer Lawrence, she's on the brink of losing her childhood home. She gets a job listing. She finds a job listing for these wealthy parents who want to pretty much like socialize and date their introverted 19 year old son um, before he leaves for college. And so she then discovers that the awkward Percy is no sure thing in terms of having sex with him. Um, For me with this movie. So I gave this a three and a heart Um, for, I think I gave it a three and a half at first. I think I settled on a three. I think this movie for the most part, like I think it is a fun you know, kind of return to form for Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I have not seen all of her movies or anything, but I do like her as an actress enough. And in this movie, she just goes balls to the wall, which I think is really appreciated. Um, and if anything, I, you know, I think this movie at least has something different that it's trying to say. And there are some funny parts throughout it. I don't think it's as, as poignant as maybe other people may think, or might be, I don't know if it's thought that it was trying to be that, but I do think that it is a, a fun film. Um, you know, it's kind of going back to that sort of raunchy sex comedy, if anything, but I think it's, it's not your typical 
sex comedy. So don't go into it thinking it's going to be that because it really kind of isn't, honestly. Um, And that's what makes it interesting. I think that's what it kind of is, is like um, I remember when I watched it was either Barbie or it might have been Barbie or it was um, Don't Worry Darling or something like that. or maybe in Scream 6, actually. Whatever. I saw a movie earlier this year. Um, so those are the ones I watched in the theater. But uh, I saw this preview for this movie. Um, and I kind of thought, I was like, well, what the hell are they doing with this? Like, what is this? Um, and I was like, oh, okay. But now that I've seen it, actually, um, I do think it's trying to say something a little different or a little deeper than just being a sex comedy, which I can appreciate. I just don't think it like hits the poignancy, though. But overall, I do think it's a fun movie. I want to see Jennifer Lawrence in more films. Um, also, Andrew Barth Feldman. Uh, I think he's really a great actor, too. He plays Percy. Um, it says Matthew Broderick in it as well. Um yeah, no, it's it's a fun time and, and it's got something to say and you know, um and I, I really do appreciate that. And that's on Netflix. I, I hope people go out and watch it. Uh this ends at prom actually just did an episode on it, which also spurred me to watch it as well. Um but yeah, so that's pretty much the end of that. Um and that's all of what I watched in the month of December. You know, uh we've come to the end of this year and we're in the new year now. So, you know, I'll have all sorts of stuff coming up. Um, I, you will notice probably in my, I'm doing a lot of anniversaries, uh, probably this year in terms of movies. So you'll definitely hear some, and you'll probably get this from other podcasts too, obviously. Um, going to have quite a few 1999 movies because it is 25 years. Okay. So you'll definitely, I already told you election is on the pipeline, of course. Um, but I have some other ones too. So like, um, some 1999 movies are thrown into there. I got like a 1989 movie somewhere in here. I even have a 1979 one. So be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, like a couple things like that. You know, I'm trying to do more anniversaries and trying to do that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's, that's what you can look forward to in the new year. If, if you're listening to this and whatever, um, but yeah, again, I hope all of you had a good, um, you know, beginning to your year. Um, even if you didn't, uh, I, I'm sorry to hear that, but you know, if anything, uh, you know, if you had a good year or if you had a good beginning of the year, um, hopefully we can continue that into this new year and all that good stuff. But, um, Again, I'm going to do my little plugs now. So if you want to follow the show on social media, you can do so at Instagram. I'm at Cult Cinema Circle. X uh, or Twitter is Cult Cine Circle. Also follow me on Letterboxd at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, um, where you can look at all my f- movies I've watched. Um all that good stuff, um, you know, rate five stars on the show, write a one to two sentence review, telling us about if I'm good at what I do, or if you like my show, or if you hate my show, I don't know. Maybe don't say if you hate my show, just email me about that. But, um, <laughs> uh, but with all that being said, though, I hope you have enjoyed um, listening to me for the last year as well. Um, continue to doing this, and thank you so much for your support, and uh Hope you have a great rest of your January, and I'll look look forward to talking to you um, in the new year. So thanks all so much, and take care. Bye.